Welcome back to the Uncharted Podcast. This is Poya. I have someone special with the coolest name I think we've had on the show. Itamar <laughs> Falcon. Welcome to Uncharted Podcast. How are you? What an entry. So, uh, thank you. Thank you for the complimentary about my name. I work very hard to have this name. So uh, thank you for acknowledging that. <laughs> There's one book I've, I love. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And they always say the name is like the most precious thing really? someone has. And it's always important. But when you have the last name Falcon, it's like a conversational <laughs> starter. We like to kick it off with a quick personal business bio. Give some context to everybody yeah. on who you are. With pleasure. So my name is Itamar Falcon, uh, born and raised in Tel Aviv, Israel. My career really started when I joined the Israeli uh, army, the IDF. I served in the intelligence unit there, where I would say that that my horizons got to different places. Amazing experience. After that, working as a product manager in Google and Microsoft, and then I co-founded Coho, where I'm at this in this moment. I so you go to IDF. It mm -hmm. develops you. You're excited. In general, it, it was a it was a positive. Mm -hmm. How did we decide out of everything we could have done? Why? How do we go towards Coho? Like, Coho. why do we? Why? Why is this the problem you wanted to solve? Oh, that's that's a great question. To be completely honest, we've iterated around different ideas for for a while. Me and my co-founder Michael before we met Ariel actually. So we are three co-founders: myself, Michael Orlich, and and Ariel Meisloss. Before we met Ariel, we actually developed three ideas, iterated around three ideas, and then we met Ariel, and he actually pointed out an observation, and he mentioned, "I'm." talking to a lot of SaaS companies, and I'm seeing this pattern that every successful SaaS company is basically building this in-house tool that aggregates all the data on the users. They're doing something interesting. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think there is something there because they're investing a lot of time and resources on this AI call. They always use like a cool AI name as well, like Jarvis or Big Brain. Like, so there is something there that sparked our interest because first of all, I'm a product manager. I, I develop products. So, so helping other SaaS companies, other product teams, other go-to-market teams, like helping the industry that I'm part of is, is something pretty exciting. It's a significant problem and, and it's a hard problem to solve, which is something that for me is obviously exciting. How did you know this could actually be a business before you decided to dedicate mm. the next couple of years? We spend a lot, a lot of time. And I think people are underestimating the time clock that you have when you raise money and, and start really working. So if you don't have the, the whole structure in hand, you're you're I think you're losing a lot of, of, of valuable time when it's actually matters. We invested a lot of time in in the ideation phase and in, in really understanding what we want to build. And the tipping point for us to really nail like what we want to build was a, after a lot of conversations, first of all. So we collected a lot of data and you want to see a repeatable problem statement, like something where obviously there is there is um, a limit to what you can you can collect because everybody's talking about slightly different things because we're you're very amorphic in your conversation. Like you're not talking about a specific value position. You're you're talking about a problem statement. So everybody's talking about the problems that they have. They can you know wake up and have a problem and they will spill it out. Right. So you have to really do the work of first of all consolidate the data, have have some of structure to that motion. And for us, um so for me, I I I try to to find a problem that it's it's like a must have for the potential buyers, right? So when I validated any idea, 
I try to find like a proof point for something that it's like burning. It's it's a problem that that the potential customer of my, of mine it can't live without, right? Not something that eh, you know it's 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 easy and and it might sound like obvious, but it's very very hard to to recognize that pattern that 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 idea because a lot of 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 nice people in the world would say yes, it's pretty interesting. I would use it. I would even buy this product. But you know they won't get to the details. How much? In, in some cases, they don't really know because you don't you don't show anything. You don't have even a mock. You're just you're just blabbering along. So you you need to find like this hooks that will tell you this is actually a problem that my potential customer, the potential users, like can live without. And for us was the understanding that they're actually building a solution that we want to solve in house. So they're investing so much time and resources already so it's not a matter of will we have a solution it's a matter of if it's you or building it ourselves so obviously that for us was the tipping point so th- this is interesting that you bring this up because now you come into a unique scenario which is build versus buy right like you could either build it in-house dedicate resources mm-hmm. or you could go buy something right mm-hmm. and i actually think a lot of people have gone down this trap of like both sides like you should there's some solutions it's a no freaking brainer to just buy it mm-hmm. And there's others that like it's build and I've seen companies do the reverse and they learn a little too late. How did you know anecdotally like this problem made sense, you know, to go build out and mm-hmm. it could actually be replicated and there was a giant enough addressable market for it to make sense? It's it's a great question. In questions around buy versus build, the first thing is to understand if if the actual building is in the core of the company right we have a lot of connectors in our products and there's a lot of companies that help you or even bridging that gap and giving you a solution that they they're basically building the connectors for you and you're just building one connector for them and we had this question if do we want to build that or do we want to buy a solution that will help us and eventually we build we're building our connectors our own and the the reason was that it's such a core part of our solution, right? The data stream that we're getting into our platform, every aspect of, of that motion is super critical for the success of our product that we don't want to have anyone in the process. We want to control every aspect of that versus, you know, Zoom, right? Obviously we're using Zoom internally. There is no reason for us to build an virtual meeting, you know, product, right? So you want to focus on what you know and what you want to build. And this is for us was, okay, this is actually something that most companies, and there is always, you know, there will always be those companies that will say, you know, we're building everything. I think there, I've heard of one company that actually built like even Zoom in-house, like they're, they're building everything in-house, but it, th- those are anecdotes, uh, obviously. So, so yeah, I think that was the element. I'm switching subjects here, but one of the reasons I was really looking forward to uh, having you on this call is... One of your use cases, helping people convert their free users to paid mm-hmm. users, right? Exactly. And what's really interesting about this is like over the last couple of years is I've seen like every single type of acquisition model you can think of. I do a ton mm-hmm. of consulting. I go in and I think everybody wants a proof of concept now, right? Try before you buy kind of a model. It, it, exactly, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen everything from freemium to pay, mm-hmm. to opt-in, to pilots, to opt-outs. I'm curious from your perspective, how would someone go about thinking about that? Like, what are your suggestions? Mm-hmm. 
I think it's really correlated to the state of the company and where you stand, right? So obviously you have to map what is the objective. And and again, it might sound obvious, I want to generate more revenue, but you might also want to see traction. You want to see people using your product. You want to see validation of usage. There are many, many other metrics that you might want to optimize that price or go to market strategy or whatever is, is influencing. So the first thing is to map for your goal. Right. For example, if you're trying to get as much usage as possible, right, you want to reduce the, the actual barrier of paying. So you would want to use freemium versus even, you know, just a trial, even whatever you're using. That's the first thing. But what actually I would say is that the more successful companies that we're in, engaging with understand that it's not a matter of only finding the right method. It's the finding the right method to the right user. They understand that they have multiple users. Every single user is a little bit different. And there are different segmentations of users that expect different buying journey. And they expect different, different, they are used to buying software in a different way. The most obvious example is enterprise versus SMB or even individual, right? The way that you would sell a SaaS, a SaaS product to an enterprise is vastly different than the idea of, of selling it to an, to an individual of, or even an SMB. But within that sector, there's a new, enormous amount of nuances. For a freemium, what type of features you're putting in the freemium, in the free version versus the paid. And, and, and it could change depends on the actual segmentations that are using your product. So what I'm trying to say is that, and again, I, I haven't seen a lot of companies that are doing so, and, and, and sorry for advertising code, this is a part of what we're helping our customers do, is to find the right method of buying journey to the right segmentation, the right user to maximize the potential of every one of them. You know what this reminds me of is a couple of years ago, I remember um, at Hacker Inc, I remember like it took us six months to find out the the, the thing that increased conversions is getting someone yeah. to just send an assessment or a test, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So the beauty of it, I think one, one thing you guys do, and, and hopefully you'll have a lot of success with it is you just literally accelerate how long it takes for people to exactly. learn that. Right. Exactly. We're basically mimicking the work that you did in, in that six months, right? So how, usually, how would you think of solving this problem? You'll look at the data. You look on what is leading to conversion to a specific group of people versus others, and you're trying to find some correlations around that. You'll basically work a lot of the time to find those correlations where in today's world, you can have AI models that does it for you. And this is exactly what what we're bringing to the table. Again, the problem is that your product is growing. There are multiple ways or multiple conversion points. There are multiple anchors to that area. It's not necessarily take even HubSpot, right? If if uh, a salesperson is entering HubSpot, is vastly different than a marketeer, right? So the expectation is different. So each persona is has different different outlook. So you you have for if if I'm mimicking your process, you have to do the six months process for every single persona, and every single persona is is a little bit different as well because they're in different expectations. So the variations start to be very wide, and this is where we come into play. So we can help yeah. you accelerate that process. As I put my hat myself in your team situation, mm -hmm. and as well as your customer situation, one I think challenge I see is sometimes organizations are just not aligned. <laughs> and what I mean by that is 
what the product person wants is different than what the revenue person wants. What Correct. one founder wants, it's not what the other founder want. You know what I'm saying? Like some want to gate it, some don't, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, how do you guys tackle that? It's a great question. Creating the alignment within the organization is something, again, we're not inventing anything. I think in a lot of, of SaaS companies, you can see that when you have you have a platform that can solve a lot of problems, you you, you tend to have, okay, different, different people pulling the strings from different angles. I think the first thing from our team is to really nail down what is is again crucial for the organization not what is the uh, my champion is advocating for or what is even my buyer is advocating for is really trying to understand putting ourselves in our shoes of the buyer of, of of the company that we're working for and trying to understand if I were them what I would try to do what like what is the most important thing and work backwards from that hypothesis around a structure of a process basically that we're saying, okay, let's start with that before we're getting into the vast capabilities of of Coho. So if part of our process is to really nail down a specific, a very specific use case that we can start with and expand as we nail and, and show also the success of our, pl- of our product. Well, look, this has been fantastic. The one <laughs> question you. we love to ask everybody before we say our goodbyes is if you could go back to any time What's one piece of advice you would give your young yourself? I would say ignore the noise. When you start a company, you're constantly hearing a lot of, you know, metrics running around. I've built this in X number of weeks and I got to 1 million of ARR within 2 days and you're getting a lot of those metrics that are just adding noise to your journey. Stick to your strategy, think what is best for you and for the company and and ignore the noise it's really just a bunch of like unnecessary noise out there and someone gave me this analogy and i was like my mind was blown and the analogy they gave is if you're in a highway right you're driving mm-hmm. most accidents usually happen when you look left and when you look right as soon oh, as you I start comparing to someone that's where it. most accidents happen right so okay. i i love what you brought up which is hey just stay in your lane right just put mm-hmm. in the time be patient go along and at some point it'll pay a lot of dividends thanks for paying it forward until next time everybody please be well please be safe. And if you get a chance, do something nice for someone because we all need